What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? So <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Last time on Celebrity Book Club. Tookie Smize is given to Miracle, and we found out the rules from the Talking Smize. Uh, Tookie gets a hand-me-up flamenco dress, which is hideous and fuchsia-colored. Bellissima gets placed on the counter, and we find out we're going shopping for a dress to Ladorno. Tookie's also going to Tita to use her baby fingers, and at the end, she is still a forget-a-girl. <laughs> Baby fingers. Amazing. Oh. oh my god, Clarabelle, you're here. Did you bring a banana with just one spot that got thrown into the garbage and then you pulled it out? No, but I did bring a five-foot sword. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Welcome to Celebrity Book Club, everyone. Welcome. I'm Clarabelle Ortega. I am Ryan LaSala. And we're two authors delving into the world of celebrity pen books. Oh, we sure oh, are. Oh, give me a second, because they're, get, they're getting a little loud out there. Let me just close the door. Okay. All right. Now, it's just the two of us. We are back in Eunice's. Uh, they have really good snacks here, and... I don't know. I just that's why that's why I keep coming back. Right. It feel, I, well, and you. It feels like home. You know. It, it definitely feels like a home, not mine. But that's why I like it. You <laughs> well, know. It feels cozy. That's why I like. And like, I really love all the coats in here. So we're just gonna. I was gonna ask you, like, who do you think owns these coats? Do you think they ever get worn? I'm not sure because I'm pretty. I don't think this belongs to the other book club members. There's a lot of furs in here. And no, of, of no offense to the other people who come, but they don't look like the fur-wearing type. Right. It's also, you know, like, not fur weather. You know what I mean? Right. Not, so Not quite. Not quite. Not yet. <laughs> so excited, I guess, today. <laughs> <laughs> excited to talk to you always. But uh, we mm. are uh, discussing Chapter 5 of um, mm-hmm. Model Land. If you're listening for the first time and you haven't, her chapters one through four i can promise you probably doesn't matter that much because (laughs) (laughs) uh not much of what we're gonna say makes sense but if you want to listen to it you'll be a little less lost i I suppose right maybe i feel like you it might be a richer listening experience but like clarabelle says so little of what has been put before us has actually come in hand. Right, <laughs> so right. I can't imagine you're missing much. Like, actually, you really have as many bearings as you would have starting on Chapter 5 as you would on, like, Chapter 1. Right, which is nice, I guess, because people can just jump in whenever. <laughs> right, like, Mo- Model Land is rolling admissions. <laughs> like, we don't have a heart. You can just come when you want, leave when you want, come back when you want. It's sort of, it's like banquet-style reading. We should just dive right into the episode. I'm ready to go. Are you? <laughs> yeah! Woo! Chapter 5, Smacking into Mirrors. Smacking. Smacking. I immediately disliked the title of this because I thought it would just be Tookie, like, running into things. (laughs) Yeah, smacking is a word that I have a lot of, like, animosity towards, and... You know, I I feel like that was deserved because here we start with, um... So, like, to recap, for anyone who hasn't, like, been with us, not much has happened, but, but, but Tookie, this, like, very ugly girl has, like, basically 
been abused by her family to the point that she has, like, no self-confidence. Her sister's gorgeous. And now we learn that they actually share a room, and Tookie, she uses duct tape to, like, sort of, like, separate mm-hmm. out, like, her side versus um, Miracle's side. And that's sort of where we where we begin. Like, basically, Tookie, like, ruminating, haha, pun, like, about how, like, their room is totally being taken over by her sister's messes. But her sister seems to have a lot of clothes, like a lot of like fashionable clothes, but they're all dirty too. It was really, it was kind of like gross to read Mm -hmm. about this hoarding, I thought. It was, it was gross. It was also, there's so much detail that's like unnecessary. I understand framing it in the beginning and like, (laughs) they really, this made me laugh, like from the very beginning. Tookie's trying to get into the room, but she can't because of a pile of leotards blocking her way. <laughs> how does that pile form? Like, how is like how is one person wearing so many leotards? Well, I guess, I mean, Miracle likes to dance, but none of this makes uh, sense. No. None of it. I, you know, it's the same sort of, like, it's like the same, like, um, pastiche of, like, high cartoonery mm-hmm. that we've had so far. So, yes, there's, a, there's like, a pile of this. There's, like, jazz shoes everywhere, a variety of necklaces, bracelets, leg warmers, um... Makeup trays, things like that. Basically, you know, I actually, I okay, hear me out. This could be a clever sort of like manipulation. Like we've seen Creamy's like hoarding habits that are like highly regimented and like very organized. And then here we have like Miracle, her daughter, also a hoarder, but not organized. And it's like this inversion, but really it's like, it's like a yin and a yang situation. Like, could that be what we're going for? I don't think there was any thought put into this. I, I, <laughs> and I say that because... They're supposed to live in this mansion-type home. It is falling apart, right? But why are they sharing a room? Especially when Miracle is so well-loved by her mother, you would think that she would want to set her up. Unless the other rooms are... If there's a reason for it, right? Like, her mom is very fastidious about uh, certain things, right? So she is described as having OCD in, like, a very problematic way. But... Mm -hmm. I would understand if she wanted to, like, cordon off rooms as if it was a museum, almost, or maybe the the house was in such disrepair that this was the only room the girls could share safely, which also makes me feel like it's not consistent with the characterization that we've seen so far, because they wouldn't care about Tookie being in an unsafe room, as long as Miracle had her own room, right? Like... I would have liked right. a little bit of explanation. Like, maybe Miracle wanted to room with uh, Tookie. Or maybe a Creamy, the mother, was, like, storing her brand new appliances in all the other rooms. So, you know, that takes priority over anything else. I Let me stop you right mm-hmm. there. I think you're a genius. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> but you're so right. Like, I just accepted this as, like, just, like, kooky crazy. But, like, you're right. Like, there would be such a... Like, Okay, you're right. There would be something so, like, fascinating about a world-building element that puts them in this room together. And it is an opportunity to sort of, like, describe, like, how extensive, you know, like, Creamy's illness is. Or, like, how disheveled the rest of the house is. Sort of like a, um, what is it, like, Return to Grey Gardens type mm-hmm. of situation. Like, I could see that. But I didn't even think about this. You're amazing. Your mind. <laughs> My mind. Um, Your mind. That I'm spending it on contemplating this book. Is probably not great, but what are you gonna you, do? Yeah, you <laughs> you piecing this book together is it's like watching like a like a blacksmith work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with the pieces, but you're like fitting them I'm together. Telling you, I'm amazed. I'm gonna end up writing fan fiction at the end of this, and it's gonna take over my life. Um, 
The only thing I could think of when they were describing their room was that meme where it's like, you live like this? Because <laughs> Miracle yeah. literally like just throws dirty clothes and stuff on Tookie's side. And it's just another vehicle, I feel like, to villainize Miracle and to make Tookie yeah. the good girl because she's clean, right? Right. But it just doesn't work. It's like all superficial yeah. stuff. It's all it all just feels very forced to me. I have thoughts about the relationship, which we'll get into in a mm-hmm. second, because I think that the scene really could have been something great that sort of like built out mm-hmm. their relationship with one another, and it sort of doesn't do any of that. But just what ends up happening? So Tookie is she's lying on her bed. It's dirty. She's like pulling bras and sweat stained things off of it. Yeah. It's like gross. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. And she's holding that pin that she got from Theophilus. <laughs> Theophilus. We don't really. We don't really know. Theophilus. I think is how his name said. But the 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 pin. She describes it as like lo- like lovingly defective pin that now says Tookie. The one that she pulled out of the garbage. Right. That's a theme word um, in these next two chapters. Also, I, defective. yeah, I circled it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like beautiful, like like this is like classic. Like I'm like a beautiful disaster. Like <laughs> Kelly like, Clarkson. Like, somebody <laughs> call her. <laughs> somebody call. She needs to collect royalties on this because like yeah, Tyra Banks is moving into her territory and she's like <laughs> cradling this pin and she's like talking about his salted caramel eyes and like licking her lips. Thank God we don't get a mention of the baby fingers because that w- that w- would have put me over the edge at this point <laughs> after this like mess description. Um. But she starts to, like, fantasize about him, and, um, oh, I love this. She starts to, like, name what their, like, children would be called. Did you, did you, did you like this moment where she's, like... I was, I screamed. (laughs) She goes, we can call our boy, I don't even know how to say this, Tocopolis, Tocopolis, and our, and our girl, Foodie. (laughs) Foodie. Foodie. I was, like, I, I now think of... This is, like, just all of the, um... This all, to me, seems like prologue for Thudi's story. I want to read about Thudi. Yeah. In the sequel. Yeah, like, my mom was so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Miracle walks in on Tookie, like, kissing her mirror, which... There's this... I mean, this has happened throughout the book so far, but I, I really noticed it in these two chapters... There's a really, I have a really hard time finding my sense of place when I'm reading. And I feel like that's because there's, we're being bombarded by descriptions, right? So even, I I find myself reading and like immediately forgetting details because there's so much of it to ingest. And she's on her bed, but then suddenly she's kissing Miracle's mirror. So. I don't know how she got there. Did she get up? Right. Like a lot of times they don't describe how characters get to a certain place or they don't, it's just very, very confusing. So she's all of a sudden like pretending she's making out with Theo. I'm going to call him because his real name is just a disaster. Um, And Miracle walks in and I actually, I mean, it wasn't done great, but I like the, the fact that she was kissing the mirror. I feel like that's a very like, like teen or like preteen thing to do when you have a crush on somebody. So I was like, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But then Miracle walks in and she's like, don't feel bad. You haven't made out yet. <laughs> yeah. You haven't kissed a boy yet. Don't feel bad. You big freak. You big weirdo. And there's a disgusting description, according oh, to Miracle, of what K 
kissing oh, God, I know exactly. yeah. is like. Miracle tells her not to feel bad, which I thought was cute that she said it, even if she calls her Dookie, which is terrible. But uh, she's like, it feels like a little wormy man is crawling in your mouth anyways. It's like, ew, that is so disgusting. It's awful. It's awful. So much is like in that line. First of all, it's gross to read. Second of all, like here we are sitting here like contemplating like the little sister making out with like a little wormy man. Mm. Like, I don't know. Suddenly we're in this like weird, like contended territory of like, should we be worried about Miracle's well-being <laughs> because she has, like, all of this experience and her, like, older sister doesn't? Like, what exactly has been going on in her life? Like, I don't love that. And then and then I just come back to the fact that it's such a horrible description. <laughs> Little wormy man. Oh, the gross-out factor. It is a re- it's a really bad description. Um, yeah. I really didn't like it. And then uh, Miracle's like, whatever, and she leaves the room laughing and... She drops a cardigan sweater, a tap shoe, and several gum wrappers on Tookie's side as she leaves. I'm like, she's like a human garbage dispenser. How is she... Is she just holding all of these things? It just... <laughs> she, she was, like, bundled in her arms as she's walking around the house. Right. Like, just slowly dropping trash everywhere. Uh, truly, none of it makes any sort of sense. But, you know, what I are really we expecting like... at this point? Why do we keep waiting for Not things yet. to... to <laughs> to click when they're not <laughs> just have to accept nothing, nothing. it <laughs> there's no sense to be made Clarabelle. i know okay so i actually thought like upon reading this i was like oh this would have been a really great moment for like miracle to show some sort of like i don't know anything some sort of dimension anything other than just sort of this like kitty dumb sister act that she's been doing right. um she's basically just a foil for it for Tiki at this point but i would have loved for her to be like oh like hey like i know it's hard to be you but, like, I'm your sister and I get you. Or, like, even just a moment of, like, her seeing Toki and her struggles mm-hmm. in some sort of way. Because she sort of starts to with, like, oh, don't feel bad that you haven't, like, kissed anybody. And I thought it was going to sort of be a nice moment to kind of build an actual independent relationship between them. But ultimately, we actually just leave the scene as we started it with Miracle being this, like, vector for the world's atrocities put upon Toki. Again, like, just to prove that, like, Toki's awesome, despite, like, the world hating her and I don't know it doesn't it's not convincing at right. all. Right I, I I agree with you I really would have loved for that moment to be expanded and I thought we might be going in a nice direction because it showed some sort of personality to Miracle like you said it would have been nice for them to have a heart to heart maybe Tookie could have told Something. her like uh, you know congratulations about the smize and maybe Tookie could have confessed like I'm worried about you, like something, like some sort of conversation because we did have her have a reaction. Tookie did have a reaction when they finally found the smize and she realized it was real. Like she had a moment of longing for herself, Mm -hmm. which was like the first time we felt like she wanted something on a side from a boy and also worry for her sister. So it's like, okay, she does care about her family, she doesn't really express, like, what she wants from them ever, right? Like, she doesn't say, like, I want them to notice me. I want them to love me. I want them to treat me a certain way. She only sort of, like, complains about the things. So we don't get a sense of what Tookie wants from her family. Like, how does she feel she fits in on a side from being a forget girl or whatever? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was a, a wasted opportunity. Then we have, like, Truly. a weird transition, so weird. <laughs> Where all of a sudden, what? 
I don't know what these are called when there's like like a symbol of some sort and then there has to be a word for that, right? In books. It's like a I there's definitely a word for it. Maybe like a production editor would know. I always they're like scene breaks basically, right? Like there it's like a double break or something between scenes typically. I don't know what the symbols are. I feel like we should know this as authors, but we don't. I know. Deal with it. We'll have to ask Phil. We don't know everything. Um, It's a book club, not a how to build a book club. Yeah, we also particularly don't know things. Like, just you and I, like, we're... Oh, yeah. We're like big himbo bimbo energy over here when it comes to stuff, so... It's fine. Some people tell me, like, do you ever proofread your tweets before you send them? I'm like, no. Someone gets paid to proofread me, exactly. and I don't want to put them out of a job. So exactly, that's why I don't honey. Spell check anything. If we if we learn to spell now, what will our copy editors do? It's, it's true. It's true. I care about those people in their life. They have to buy presents for people's birthdays, and if you know, I'm not misspelling things, then people don't get birthday gifts. Exactly. That's we're, that's we're the being connection. considerate. Yeah, if if we weren't if we weren't so bad at what we did, the economy would grind to a halt. It would. So. It needs us mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. be dumb. Uh, Point being is that if you know what this is, let us know. Yeah. But there's like a scene break and like the like the classic like model and M to like I actually imagine this is like a PowerPoint transition, um, or like the like it's like you know in Star Wars where they have the scene transitions where sort of sweeps across like it's like a fadeaway that's what i imagine happens with these specifically so this transition yeah so tookie wakes up we didn't know she went to sleep so that's interesting so she wakes up and she's suddenly in the doorway they're describing i thought it was going to be a dream at first like it felt very dreamlike because well there's like an icy wind gushing against her and like yeah, I thought it was going to be a dream as well, especially like, or she was like sleepwalking like outside in the street or something right. like that. Turns out she's she's just in her kitchen. Yeah, she's just in the in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room, and her her dad <laughs> is in a colorful <laughs> unitard, balanced on one hand, totally normal. Uh, bottles of alcohol strewn about, tater mash, which yep. I'm guessing is vodka. <laughs> I think it's like potato vodka potato or like vodka. something like yeah. that. It to, it's from it's from Kremlingrad, which I think is God. just like Russia uh. in this book. And he's he's looking at old photographs of himself in his in his like heyday as the incredible Chris Kremkrabat, otherwise known as Christopher De La Creme, yes. which is his name. So he's reliving his like previous glories. Um, and just quick reminder: back in the day. He had two eyes. He only has one eye now. He wears like an eye patch. Right. That'll we have to keep that in mind. It's relevant. And also just a trigger warning because the next couple of minutes there is sort of gruesome violence and a lot of ableism. Out of as nowhere. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. He's 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 there's pictures of a younger him, like he's just reminiscing and in a depression. And then Tookie starts to remember the day that he lost his other eye. Mm-hmm. So the story is that he was trying to pull off this new trick that he had never done before. It's yep. st- seven stories up. Tookie and her mom were in the audience at the time. Um, in the moment right before he was meant to attempt the trick, Creamy mm-hmm. takes out a mirror to add wrinkle re- redu- redux. Redu- re- how do you say that French word? R e d u x. Redu. Redu. I'm sorry to our French listeners. At no point have we looked at any of this stuff. I'm sorry. I let's not talk about my experience with the French language. Anyway. The, and it, it describes her face as a hideous, li- hideously lined face, which is consistent with the 
constant barrage of ageism in this book. Uh, anyway, the point being that the mirror caught a beam of light, momentarily mm. blinding Tookie's dad. So he he lost his footing. He falls yeah. seven stories, but he's very yeah. nimble and apparently nothing happens to him. He's able to fall gracefully enough that he doesn't get injured. So I'm like, okay. He does a little, he does a little like roll. Yeah. And he like gets up. He gets having, up. Having like nailed this. And he, <laughs> so before when they're describing like all of the, all of the uh, sort of acts are really dangerous, right? Like yeah. they had 10 year old girls, which was so specific, uh, <laughs> who had backflipped into a deep, hot pink dive swimming pool full of crocodiles. So I love that. The area. Oh, and the show is called Cir- Circo de Sol. So it's like Cirque du Soleil, but with souls. So maybe like a black Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she. It's described as like having these five foot swords like adorning the like the edges of the stage. The perimeter of the, of the of ring. The ring. Yeah. <sighs> I'm like taking a deep breath. So after he falls seven stories and he's fine, everyone's clapping, blah, blah, blah. And he bows (laughs) and he impales himself on one of the swords. His face. face. He impales his face. The sword goes through his eye. Now the logistics of this, I am, I'm not good at math. I've never claimed to be a smart man. We'll have to get a physicist into this. But the swords are five feet tall how tall is this man <laughs> yeah like did he just like was it the edge like tall? was it just against the edge and he like sliced it down because you impale implies the tip of the sword right yeah absolutely absolutely and is the sword aimed inwards or like it could be at like a 45 degree right. angle and i can sort of see right. that but otherwise he would have really he would have had to jump up make a pike with his body and come down on that sword from the heavens and i don't i'm not buying it so but it doesn't matter cuz again we're just going to go like racing ahead like physics be damned yeah. and tookie like races onto the stage her father's blood is everywhere splatters the stage door like that's how that's how far his blood splatters from his face and i actually checked just to make sure that we hadn't missed it the swords are pointed skyward so they're not on an angle oh my god okay yeah so (laughs) so he has like impaled his face on the sword he um it's canon that he's 10 feet tall yeah canonically he's a massive man and he bends at a completely right angle when he bows there's like yeah the descriptions here are like gruesome like there's like like Tookie makes eye contact with the lifeless disembodied eye Uh. as it like rolls around like it's it's hard it's like very horrifying to read this passage it's really bad they say there's pieces of flesh it says the eye is staring at her it's just it's really bad um and then of course you know creamy is horrible as always tookie is glad that her dad didn't suffer any brain or nerve damage obviously since he literally impaled himself and this angers creamy like she's mad that tookie is glad that he's okay and she basically calls him damaged and defective and that he's done and it's just so ugly and so ableist but that is 
basically the theme of one of the main themes of Modelander. There's a lot of that. Yeah, right. The defective thing is, like, and mind you, this is all the same chapter as, like, where we started, where she's talking about, like, this pin being defective and therefore, like, lovely. And we've had, like, Tookie's hair being described as, like, defective in its own right. Like, de- defectivity is, like, quite clearly an emphasis. And I think I think what Tyra meant was that, like, in a world so obsessed with, like, perfection, the things that make us different are oftentimes, like, the most beautiful right. things about mm-hmm. us. But this, in no way, like, would I actually say that this point has been made yet. And granted, like, also, like, dear reader, we are 57 pages into this book and so much has happened. So we, I guess it would be kind of soon to be delivering, like, the the um, overtures as to kind of what we're talking about here. But defectivity... We're going to circle that every time we come up to it, because it's it's a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Like, Creamy, she's like, this is the end for him. So, like, the end of his performance career, basically. He only has one damn eye. He's damaged. Horrible. Defective. Done. <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's very on the nose. Very on the nose. And, you know, I think we can expect more on the nose defectivity. I actually know that there's, like, a few other mentions of it coming up. So, we find out that Creamy tells Tookie to pretend she doesn't know where the beam of light came from. And then Tookie sniffs, like, sort of sadly thinking of this moment, and her dad notices her and immediately opens a new chenille blanket and covers himself. Yeah, like, in present, like, she comes out of her, like, daydream. She was sleepwalking, by the way. Yeah, she she was sleepwalking, though. You scared the hell out of me, girl. He slurred. So he's, like, drunkenly doing handstands in the living room. His daughter scares the shit out of him. And then... This is, like, this, again, like, we we had a moment of, like, oh, this is going to be, like, cute or something like that. Because she's like, oh, Papa, Papa, like, acrobat daddy, like, <laughs> would you like me to spot you, like, the like the good old days? And he's like, yes. Like, that sounds great, daughter of mine. Like, spot me. And to them it means two things. Like, one, and this is, <laughs> okay, like, my former gymnastics career did not look like this at all. But he's like, if I, like, if I start to fall, let me know so that I can, like, correct myself. Which is kind of funny, because, like... You kind of know if you're falling out of a handstand, but like whatever, she's gonna she's gonna correct him, and then he's also like, make sure that your mother doesn't see me like doing handstands because evidently this is something that creamy <laughs> cannot stand is her husband doing any sort of like acrobatics in the living room. Uh, horrible. Uh, so yeah, I I also <laughs> thought this would this was like sweet that she was encouraging him, like mm. t- telling him like, hey, your old routines it's still really good, you know, like she was. They had, like, yeah, a moment. You, you still got it, Daddy. Right. Yeah. And I, I thought that was nice, and I wish that, again, it could have been made into a longer moment. Instead, mm-hmm. he basically just falls over, and while Tookie is daydreaming and, like, focusing on her father's flabby, flabby stomach and glass eye. Another mention of the word defective comes up. Yeah. Like, this is, Tookie literally is so focused on this that... Her father falls out of his handstand mm-hmm. and, like, crashes to the ground and, like, yells at her. He goes, yeah. what the hell, girl? He <laughs> roared. <laughs> and so he cries and she gets upset. And it sucks because I really wish that they had, again, drawn out that they have a connection. Because she feels like they're both... She uses the word defective, but I feel like a better word would have been maybe unwanted. Again, I, I just mm-hmm. feel like the choice of words really make or break moments like this and her saying defective you know obviously people can really feel like that's what's wrong with them but I feel like it has to be done in a very nuanced way and I don't think that's what was done here 
And I also don't think there's anything actually wrong with Chucky. Like, she, as hard as Tyra has tried to convince me that Chucky (laughs) is, quote-unquote, defective, it just feels like teenage angst to me. Which is also valid, but the book sort of, it hinges on her being unwanted in this world. And I feel like with that simple change of language, she could have just made it so much better because like to, to be unwanted is so is is such a valid thing. And it's a, it, yeah, it's a thing, super potent and, theme and why. Right, and it's a thing that she is, she is unwanted. She's unwanted yeah. by her family. Like her parents treat her terribly. Her sister treats her like, you know, an afterthought. She's not really paid attention to by anyone in school. Her only friend is like, I don't know, escaping hospitals all the time and living in tree houses. So Tookie isn't really looked out for by anyone. And she's not really, uh, she's not really wanted by her society. And I think that if she had changed that and she had used that word instead, I, I feel like it would have made a big difference and it would have cut back on the ableism. (laughs) Yeah, Which needs it's, tr- to be it's done. truly that. <laughs> yeah, like two birds, one stone situation, like a much stronger metaphor. And yeah, I mean, and she does like the crystallization of it is right in that like last line of that paragraph where she's like, they were two defectives in a world that was obsessed with perfection. So that could be a good book, mm-hmm. right? Like if someone else wrote it and if it was actually about like the ableism that we're exploring here, like that's actually a totally different book. And you're exactly right. Tookie, despite all of this like really brutal bullying language that has been heaped upon her is basically like what we know about her is that she's kind of tall, has no boobs, her eyes don't match. And that's, that's kind of what we're going with. And that seems like a whole lot more than, you know, what she's using to describe other people and like actual impairments and things like that. So yeah, doesn't, doesn't quite work. Right. And also the the standards of beauty aren't really well defined anywhere either. Like at one point we see a girl who lovingly braids her armpit hair and it's supposed to be a boon for her. So Mm -hmm. Tookie never outright says like, I'm considered ugly. She just says like, and the reason why I believe is because eventually she'll find out that she's actually not ugly ugly right she's all the opposite of that but if she was made to believe that and if her sort of standards of beauty compared to the other people in her life showed Mm -hmm. that in the book then it would be a lot more convincing all we have is that she's tall and has two different color eyes like knowing that it's describing tyra makes it that much worse because she's (laughs) stunning she's stunning she's so beautiful yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, if we had, this is the other thing, this is, I find to kind of be a big failing of the setup that we're basically just assembling before you right now. If we actually saw Tookie, like, mistreated in a really overt way because of the way that she looks, like, that would be one thing. But, like, we don't, we actually don't see her mistreatment at all. We sort of see her self-exclude in a really, like, particular way, which... And they tell us, like, it's because, you know, she's ugly and or she thinks that she's ugly and, like, people just forget about her. But really, it just kind of feels like she's just not getting the right kind of attention that she deems, like, necessary or something like that. Which, again, like, valid. But, again, we don't see the society in any way prejudicing her because of the way that she looks. Right. And we also don't see what is beautiful, right? Like, if they told us, like, small foreheads and the same color eyes are cherished and uh Metopia, then we would be like, okay, well that's like the opposite of Chucky. Mm-hmm. So obviously 
That's not what she is. But we don't even get that. Unless Instead, we get this sort of array of different looking people. Mm-hmm. And we get the words beautiful thrown out at us. But we don't really know what that is. And given that the world is so weird and sort of like over right. the top. And like I said, like there are different in the first chapter where her classmates are describing like what they hope stands out during the day of discovery. It's all sorts of weird stuff. That's not really like our standard uh, standards of beauty in our like world. Right. So we have nothing to compare what Tookie looks like to. And it could be something as simple, like as none of the intoxibellas had ever looked the way that she does before. Like she's compared all of them and they all have Mm -hmm. like the same five features, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. that would have been like a really powerful way to show how toxic beauty standards can actually be because they put you in this specific box, right? Uh, But we don't even get that. So yeah. 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 So it's lacking. So what was, so guys, what we're trying to tell you. (laughs) It's not working. It doesn't really (laughs) add up. Um, The end of this, the end of this chapter. So we're right at the end of it. Um, I thought that there was going to be this, like, lovely touching scene again, like, and I'm wrong, in the same way that I was wrong when I thought that, like, perhaps Miracle and Tookie were going to have a scene where they're like, you know what, it's like, it's us against the world, or like, you know, Miracle's not so bad, and we actually get some humanity into her, which, again, is going to make Tookie feel more human, because right now Tookie just feels like a pick-me girl. I thought that was going to be a nice scene, and I thought this was too, when she's, like, spotting her father, but she immediately messes up. He, like, falls to the ground, which, you know, what we what we know about him, this is kind of a traumatic thing that keeps happening to this poor man. People do not, people in his family do not look out for him and sort of sabotage him, and he pays the price physically. Uh, and then he screams at her. Mm. He, like, gives her this, like, horrible expression, a startled, disgusted expression um, flashes across his face, which Tookie, like, has seen many times before, which is which was really sad to think about. Like, this instance of, like, just he's unrecognizably disgusted with his own daughter. And he says to her, just go for all of us. Ugh. Horrible. So horrible. I felt I felt bad for her for like the first time upon reading that, and I was like, oh, I get like daydreaming and like not being there, and you know whatever. That that <laughs> I've never like physically harmed somebody with my daydreams, but like sure, um, that line felt felt bad, and I also just felt like the scene was. It would have been more valuable to have gone in a different direction once again, but instead we just sort of choose like we'd sort of choose a constant put down of Tookie, no matter you know, what would have worked in the scene. Like, again, we're just going to thumb her down. I thought it was really harsh how he reacted. And I want to believe that this is foreshadowing. Like, the fact that he had looked at her yes. badly, yes. But, but no one ever explained it. My first thought was, did Creamy tell him that Tookie was the one who flashed the light and he mm. fell because of that? And, like... In my mind, I feel like that would be the only thing that really made sense for how much he hates her. For Creamy to be like, like if Creamy hates her because she hates her, fine. Maybe she has her reasons. And rather than want to blame herself and and maybe because she wanted to not be alone in in hating Mm -hmm. Tookie, she told him it was her. Like she is the one who did it. And I feel like that would perfectly explain like why he sort of hates her and why he's giving her these dirty looks. And I mean, she was eight at the time when it happened to him. Right. So right. it's the kind of thing where it's like, you can be mad at a kid, but you're not going to like outwardly blame them. So I can, I can see it as 
his resentment building throughout the years. That's ingenious. That's this. You've done it again. <laughs> I fully, I fully could see that being the case. That would make so mm-hmm. much sense, and that would actually that would be rich. Yeah. That would be a really rich like use of foreshadowing, and especially from what we know about like creamy and stuff like that too. Um, unfortunately, I don't have high hopes, but I would love for that to be the case because that would actually congeal a lot of these other kind of disparate details right now. Yeah, I don't think it's going to add up in that way either. Yeah. To be yeah. quite honest, but, you know, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> Sir, yeah, I'm crossing all my baby fingers. Trust me, there's not a baby finger in the tri-state area that I'm not crossing that some of these pan out, but I just don't see it happening. And then the very last line is, Tookie's feeling mm. of being needed was replaced by an emptiness that now burned deep inside her. So, and she resisted the urge to plead with her father and instead turned away and went back to bed. I thought that was, like, really emotional and sad and, and did mm-hmm. show sort of the theme that I wish that she had focused on, which is being unwanted. Um, right now she felt needed and she was so happy. And then she felt empty again. And... Poor Tookie. I feel like this would make a really good setup for, like, a Tookie origin story as, like, a villain, right? Like, I could see an extension of this universe where, like, Tookie sort of becomes this villain who's like, I was never wanted, so I made a world in which, like, everyone wanted me, and, like, now you don't abide by this. And she sort of, like, enacts upon our, like, new protagonist, like, I don't know, like, some, like, miracle derivative. Right. Like, you know, you always had everything. Everyone always wanted you with, like, so little effort, and, like, I had to try so hard, and, you know, you don't even have to try at all, and I resent you for it. Like, that would be... I could see this sort of going there. I mean, it's not gonna at all. I mean, clearly not. But, like, these are such brutal blows to give to, like, a young protagonist. And it seems like such a toxic situation that, like, I don't know. I see it adding up to, like, complete resentment for society. Not necessarily, like, I'm gonna find something lovely about myself and, like, discover my inner beauty. Like, I don't... It's kind of hard to see that direction right now, but I'm sure we'll get there. I kind of I kind of wish that uh, that was what was gonna happen. Because I love a good villain. Me too, me too. Uh, and Tookie, Tookie has some points. She can make some points. Absolutely. I mean, she's been through not great parents. Te- definitely no. abusive situation. Her sister is very annoying. Those are her actual problems, right? Not that her beautiful eyes are two different colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her, her beautiful eyes are two beautiful different oh, colors. Gosh, I have a lot of theories about that. We'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> Truly. And that is the end of episode five, by the way. It's like a standalone scene. Nothing progresses. Only flashbacks. Only flashbacks. We learn, yeah. you know, origin we story of the yeah. dad. And that's about it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Clairebell, Rose and a Thorn for this chapter, chapter five. Okay. So I'm going to say my Rose. Hmm. My Rose is that we, we did get a little bit of emotion. <laughs> it was, it was a drop. It was a crumb. It was a taste. Yes, it was a crumb. little bit of spice, but I appreciated it. Like, I'm so starved for any of that when I'm reading this book mm-hmm. that I really appreciated, like, the small moment that Miracle was, like, kind to Tookie. Like, don't worry about mm-hmm. it, even if it was literally mm-hmm. a sentence. And mm-hmm. Tookie encouraging her dad. I mm-hmm. I really liked that. I'm going to go ahead okay. and say my thorn is the whole flashback scene with the swords. <laughs> oh. It was just very hard to read. I feel like... There's a way to write those kinds of scenes that 
show the impact and sort of like the drama and the sadness without resorting to just the gory aspect of it. I feel like it almost made it comical when it's not a comical situation. And I just feel like it wasn't handled well. And then obviously all the ableism surrounding the the (laughs) descriptions of the dad and like him falling and all of that. But but that's my final answer. (laughs) How about you? Mm, For me, I think like, I don't know, you've given me so much hope with this like theory about Creamy in her mirror and blaming it on her daughter. So actually my... My rose is sort of unfair. It's like a conceptual rose. Is like the potential that there's going to be like payoff and it's going to be in that direction. Because I think that that would be awesome if like we sort of got some sort of explanation. And I do like the intrigue that this injected into the relationship between Tuki and her father and the mother's manipulation of that. So I think there's potential there. I'm really hoping we get to see it come through in some sort of way. And uh, I thought it was sort of. Anybody else, if some, like, like if you if you put that, if you, like, ended a chapter this way, I'd be like, that's going to be made of, like, that's going to be useful later. I'm going to hold mm-hmm. on to that. So, and I like that feeling of, like, oh, let me, let me like, tuck that away for later. So, that that's my rose. I, um, I, like, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that rose is going to wither on me real quick. It's going to wither like the gonna, rose from Beauty and the Beast. Truly. Yeah, you're going to find my, like, husk of a corpse clutching that rose by, like, page 70. <laughs> Um, but my thorn, my thorn is just, like, there was so much potential for, like, richly building out the nuances of these relationships that I do not feel like was acted upon. And I think the result is, again, Tuki ends the chapter even more two-dimensional than she began it, because we only have these, like, foils that are doing their best to, like, put light upon Tuki, but she has no dimension, so there's, like, no shadows or dimension to her, right? Like, and that's that. That's my big issue, is that, like, again, there were these opportunities, and I don't think that they were taken advantage of. Wasted potential. Wasted potential. Oh, yeah. What a good song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. And, all, and, you know, it's a short chapter, too. It is short. Super short. Um, yeah, not, not, not many of them are super long, but that one was particularly short. So yeah. far. <laughs> we still have a long so, way to go. Truly. Oh, uh, uh, come in. Hi, um wanted to let you know the book club wrapped up about 20 minutes ago oh, oh okay. so sorry are we, sorry. The, are we the last ones left yeah Eunice passed out and her grandmother is somewhere in the house I am her grandmother's friend Pearl okay um follow question are there any um hors d'oeuvres left I actually made you a little box oh my god thank God-taking. you so you much so, Pearl. So, we're, we're, we're just wrapping up we'll be yeah we'll be out of here in a second <laughs> Oh, could you pass me my fur coat, sweetie? It's the... It's, oh! Yeah. Yes. Okay, it's, it's, not real, it's not real. It's not real. I I love animals. Well, you love to wear them. Oop. All right. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Pearl. All right. Clarabel, we got to make we gotta make our outro quick. Okay. Um. So if... Oh, what's our social media? Uh, blah. Boo, yeah. Boo, boo. Uh, you first. Okay. So if you want to follow us on social media, we're at CelebBKClub on Twitter. And on Instagram, we're celebrity underscore book club. If you want to email us some of your theories, your thoughts, your money, celebbookclub at gmail.com is the place to do that. Yeah. And where can we find you, Clarabelle? Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Clarabelle underscore Ortega. 
And my website is clarabellortega.com. How about you, Ryan? Uh, my website is ryanlasala.com. I am also on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, but I don't have like the nice continuity that Clarabelle has. But if you just Google me, it'll show up. But follow me on Twitter, at Ryality. Are you guys leaving? It'll be in the show notes, too. Okay, we have to go. Uh, uh, yep. uh, yeah, Pearl, I'm sorry. Okay. See you next, next week, Hot Queens. Queens.